0: Uh, go in your Bible to the book of Matthew, Matthew 7. Give you an update on what they did Monday, Kay and I and the kids went to St. Louis. Um, they did the Gamma Knife on me once again. They found one, first they was thinking it was two, but uh, I looked them over better and uh, they found one. They put the halo upon my head. They Allen wrenched the screws into my head. When you can hear the crunching, that's not good. Your toes just kind of go uh they got But the, they got the one. I'm supposed to go back in three months. They said the three that they got before previously, uh, those are gone, and uh, that's real good. So I've told you on the outset I want to keep you as updated as I can, so um, here's a card. I've got three cards here. I've got 20 at home I could have brought. Pastor Mark and Kay, thank you so much for all you do for Orchardville Church. You both have unique gifts that bless everyone who attends. You and your family are always in my prayers. That's from Jan Herman. Also, we love you both so much. We are so thankful God brought us to Orchardville Church. Our lives have been forever changed. If it weren't for the two of you, we wouldn't be where we are today. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all that you do and especially for believing in us. Always in our prayers, Joe, Jennifer, and... Angelina, and Giuseppe DiMaggio. We want to say thank you for giving your lives to the ministry. You and Kay have touched a lot of lives and changed a lot of people for the Lord. Uh, We are sorry that you are going through a hard time now. We appreciate you and all you have done. Our prayers are with you and your family. We know 2015 is going to be a good year for Orchardville Ministries. God bless you. We love you, Jim and Nancy Warren. So always thankful to get the cards. Always thankful. Now, go in your Bibles if you're not already there. Matthew 7. I'm a black and white kind of guy. I'm not real nuanced, and um, I can see uh, right or wrong, but let me tell you i I find this we'll get in we'll, with this message uh, wise or foolish, uh, I see as much uh, truth and validity to those two words as I do to right and wrong. and we'll see how how Jesus used these words. Matthew seven starting with verse 24 Therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and will do them I will liken him unto a wise man say wise man, wise man. which built his house upon a rock say a rock. a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock say a rock and everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. Say, foolish man. Foolish man. Which built his house upon the sand. Say, sand. sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. One withstood the test, the other did not. It is, it is very easy to figure out why. Uh, one was built upon a rock, the other built upon shifting sands. Father, take the words that we will speak here this, this day, and I'm praying, God, that it will be a help to everyone that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Gary Kirk is one of the greats, quote, unquote, in building sandcastles. You can look him up online. It's incredible, the work that he has done. Um, one of his winning entries, and when you think of sandcastles, if you got the idea of a little shovel and a, and a pail, you're missing it. You're missing it. One of his entries took seven days to finish. The base of it was 250 feet by 300 feet. Let me put that in context. This building that you're sitting in with bathrooms uh, classrooms, office space, this sanctuary, the foyers is one hundred and twenty feet by one hundred and seventy feet, and what he built was two hundred and fifty feet by three hundred feet. Um, Becky, give me that up on the screen this is not this is not the one that i 'm talking about, but this is just a good uh, a good illustration. See the man and his daughter on the right. That gives you an idea of how of how tall that thing was. If he's six foot, six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four, probably thirty. There's probably thirty-two feet in height. Um, his winning the last time he won, uh, it was fifty-two feet tall. And I think Frank has told me time and time again that this ceiling height here is 23 feet tall. But don't drive down to Florida to see it. (laughs) Because it ain't there. The waves and the tides have taken it down. See, sandcastles are pretty, but you can't live in them. And right now, every one of us is building something. And either you're building something made out of sand, or you're building something that's going to last that's built upon a rock. About three or four weeks ago, talking to the church staff, I made mention of something that had been on my mind for a long time, about having margin in your life. Take your Bible and look at it, and there's margin. Margin. Here's what I've received numerous times down through the years. I've received letters from prisoners in the pen, and I have yet to see any margin in any of those letters. Reason why? Because they don't get a lot of pen and paper, and they make up every square inch has got something on it, and the envelope on the back side will have words written on it, and God forgive me, but every time I receive one, not from Greg, but his was exactly the same way, but I've I had a lot of prisoners write me down through the years. And the moment I see it from a prisoner, it's always like, oh, boy. <laughs> Open it up, and there you have it. Every square inch of that paper on both sides is covered. There's no margin. It would seem like it took me forever to get through that letter, even though I know it didn't. There's no margin there. There's no place for your eyes to rest. It just looks like a glob of words. And I think margin is important, not just within a book, even though they know that they could save, if you're wanting to save trees, they could save thousands of trees if they if they had no margin in the books, but they know nobody would read the books. So they don't do it that way. They have the margin. Living with margin is how Jesus wants us to live our lives. I want to give you four margins. Number one, the Sabbath. As the church of Jesus Christ, we would call it the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. That's a margin in our life. It's not called Bubba's Day. <laughs> and that's for a reason. It's the Lord's Day. And I know to most people, it's catch-up day. I've got to catch up for everything that I haven't done, or I've got to get ahead of what I've got to do this week. And yet, the Bible is pretty plain on that. It is the Lord's Day. And the enemy of the Sabbath is one word, busy. I'm busy. I'm busy, preacher. The next margin in a person's life is the tithe. And in Malachi chapter 3, we see there that God wants $10 For every $100 that you make, I'm going to put it down as plain as we can do. Let's do it down with $10. For every $10 you make, God wants a dollar. He wants to be given back to him, and it shows that we have faith and trust in him. Preacher, I'm poor. Wait for it. Compared to who? You're in this room, you've got clothes on, you've drove a vehicle here, you've got all kinds of niceties, I'm sure, at home, and that would be the poorest of us. Whether you're here, Centralia Branch, Fairfield Branch, that puts you in the top 4% of the population of the earth. And if you have a home, that's got electricity and running water and heating and cooling, you are now in the one percenter group. You're in the one percent of all the population of the earth. Well, preacher, I'm just too poor. I have to say it again. Compared to who? The enemy of that margin in your life is, I've just got to say it, cluelessness. Because if you really had a clue and you believed God's word, you would tithe knowing that God was going to bless you back. So you're just clueless. Number three, compassion. It's another margin in our life. See, if you're all wrapped up in you, you make for a mighty, small, pitiful package. Deuteronomy 24. If you forget some grain in your field, don't go back Give it to the stranger, to the fatherless, and to the widow. The corners of your field, don't harvest those. Give it to those that are in need. That was God's way and God's plan for people that were out of work but didn't have a job but didn't have a way to make ends meet. They could still eat, but they had to go out there and they had to work for it. The enemy of that is selfishness. I got mine, They can get theirs. I get all I can and can't all I get and sit on the rest. Number four, rest. And Jesus said, come unto me and I'll give you rest. There's rest in Jesus, there's rest in salvation, there's time for rest in your job. And the enemy of that is fear. Now, today, in the things that I've listed, there are a lot of the reasons why we don't do and behave like God's people. We're too busy, we're clueless, we're uh, uh, fearful, whatever. Here's a watch that I've got. And nobody, nobody watches a watch like I do. People you I work with, or you say, come up to me. What time is it? I say, time for you to get a watch and stop bothering me. <laughs> get a watch. <laughs> Car keys. I got to get somewhere, and I got to get somewhere fast. What's one of this? Cell, Cell phone. What's this right here? Yeah. And if you don't think that money is an exciting issue, try to take this off the guy that's sitting next to you. <laughs> You'll find you got a fight on your hands. And a lot, of, a lot of these things many times do not help us. They hinder us in what God wants to do in our life. Amen. And Jesus gave, as the master carpenter, he gave the building seminar, and he said, hearing and doing is two different things. Some people hear and never do, but thank God for the person that hears and then does. Thank God for that person. Jesus said, whoever hears these things will do to them as a wise man. No farmer gets his field turn, gets his field plowed by turning it over in his mind. He's gotta get out there and do it. And in Luke chapter six, Luke said, but he dug down deep and laid his foundation on a rock. Either you're building upon rock or sand. You can go to Imperial Beach, California. You can go to Treasure Island, Florida, and watch with all the others as they're watching them build those sandcastles and do the oohs and the ahs. But listen, they're not there today because the waves have took them down. Jesus said his church would last. Why is that? Because it would be built upon himself. Now, here's what I want you to do I want you to forget that everything is either right or wrong. I want you to think of everything being wise or foolish. Now, it's a knee jerk reaction for me to think, you know, the, the right or wrong deal. But, or I'm just as apt to think of it wise or foolish. Taking drugs. That's foolish. That's foolish. Smoking cigarettes. Foolish. At least if you're smoke, smoke the kind that's got the side on the deal on the side to where you get so many coupons you can get a, a free casket from John Meyer. <laughs> get that. Get that kind. Chewing tobacco. You think that's wise? I bet your wife don't. Yeah. There you go. Foolish. Foolish. Drinking liquor. Foolish. I don't see anything wise about it. Give you a trivia right here. Thirty years ago, there was only one stadium that had a sponsor to it, and we all should know what that was. Bush, yeah, and now in baseball, 20 of the teams have a sponsor, and sad to say, a lot of them has to do with liquor, and we've become a society, much like that D.L. Moody and Spurgeon preached against and Wesley preached against, we're becoming a society just about like that to where that could be the message about every other week because it is so blatantly in our face every other day. Amen. Sex outside of marriage is foolish. Amen. And it's not that God's trying to withhold something good from you. God, again, God put these margins, and these boundaries there for a reason, Amen. to help us. And the only way to determine the strength of your home and your life is by a storm. Because you can't have a testimony unless you've had a test. And stormy weather happens to us all. But my prayer has always been, O oh Lord, let them build upon the rock, Christ Jesus. Let them be built upon the rock. In 1923, eight. Powerful men met at Chicago. I thought of this the other night as Kay was watching a program. What's it called? What's that thing called? Shark. Shark Tank. And I'd never seen it, and I watched it, and I hate it. (laughs) And mainly because of the guy that sits in the middle, that they call Mr. Wonderful. And he said it with every ounce of strength that he had in him that money is everything. It's the only thing. Belittling one of the hosts that sat down from him to his left a couple of spaces to where that man said, If I can't take my child to a business that I'm in, I won't be in that business. And that man just rebuked him for that. How foolish, how stupid. Money is everything. It's the only thing. And I thought of this. In 1923, eight powerful men met at Chicago, Illinois. They met at the Edgewater Beach Hotel. There were photographers, journalists around them writing down and catching every word that these powerful men were speaking it would, be wrote, it would be written about and put in the papers the next day. Charles Schwab was there. Not the guy you see on TV. It would have been his great-grandpa. He was president of Bethlehem Steel Company. Samuel Insel was there, head of the largest utility company in America. Arthur Cutton was there, wheat speculator. Jesse Livermore was there, the famed bear of Wall Street. Albert Fall, who had been a cabinet member for President Warren G. Harding. Richard Whitney was president of the New York Stock Exchange, and Leon Fraser was president of the Bank of International Settlements, and Ivan Kruger, last but not least, was head of the world's largest monopoly. 25 years later from 1923 25 years later one of those journalists had the idea I'm going to follow up on that I'm going to see where these eight men where they wound up and then he did a piece in the paper in a Chicago paper on those eight men Charles Schwab died 200 million dollars in debt and he was bankrupt Samuel Insel died a fugitive from justice Arthur Cutton died completely broke Albert Fall was released from prison to die at home Richard Whitney died in Sing Sing prison Leon Frazier, Ivan Kruger And Jesse Livermore all committed suicide. Money, it's everything. It's the only thing. How foolish. How foolish. These guys knew how to make a living, but they didn't know how to make a life. It's built upon the sand instead of being built upon the rock. And here's the irony of ironies. Even the hotel has been torn down. Nothing left of that place of meeting where those eight powerful men that, that collectively would have been worth about as much as what the United States was at that time. Money is everything. It's the only thing. How wrong. How foolish. Jesus tells us that we are all building a house. And either we're going to build it wisely or we're going to build it foolishly. I want to be the wise man. I want to be the wise man that built my house upon a rock. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, once again, I am thankful for you allowing me and giving me the strength to be able to deliver your message to your people. God, there are times that we do this or we just do it in faith. I know that this message is not the best message. The Lord God, we do it by faith. We know that your word is going to go out there and it's going to perform and it's going to do what you have called it to do. And Lord, if first people here, this this day they've been living their life foolishly or let this message sink down within their heart within their heart God give them the wherewithal to know that they can live in wisdom in you God help us not to make foolish decisions foolish things that would wreck and, and hurt a person's life help us to live in faith and in harmony with what your word wants in Jesus name Amen
1: Lost, but now I'm found. I once was lost, but now I am found so far away, but I'm but now I see I once was blind but now I see I don't know how but when i